Good afternoon and welcome to the Borussia Dortmund um, London Fan Podcast, the podcast of Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London. And, um, well, time flies when you're having fun. And we're going to have fun today. And, and not just fun, but I'm also deeply honoured because uh, we have the former Lord Mayor of, um, of Dortmund here today on the podcast show. And frankly speaking, there aren't very many people who have had more influence on the modernization of Dortmund in the last uh, uh, 10, 15 years. And, and his influence has been quite uh, amazing um, in Dortmund and the region. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, he's obviously has amazing insights. But what I especially like about Oli Zero is that like me, he's actually not from Dortmund at all. But his heart is in Dortmund and his heart will always be in Dortmund. So Uli Zero, good afternoon to you and thank you so much for coming and talking with me on the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London podcast. Yeah, good afternoon. Many greetings to London uh, from uh, Dortmund. And uh, when we played Wembley, we always had these words from uh, Dortmund with love. In London, you remember all the small cars cruising around in London. Yes. And that was a good experience. In the stadium in the afternoon and the evening, the experience was not too good because this Italian referee had forgotten his red cards for the Bavarian players. Ah, yeah. We're talking about Wembley 2013. Uli, were you actually in the stadium in Wembley? Were you one yeah, of the people who got a ticket? We got a ticket. We actually lost at my wife and me. But we got uh, a new one, so we could, could uh, watch the match. Actually, we wanted to, to meet Boris Johnson as well. Oh, yes, of the mayor at the time. That we look alike. Yeah, indeed, the hair is, uh, your hair yeah. is slightly better. <laughs> that time we both were the mayors, but he was not too interested. We even had a trickle for him, but with the colors from Borussia Dortmund, and he turned out to be a fan of Bavarian Munich, so we uh, sponsored that trickle to one of the fan clubs in Dortmund later on, and um, it served to good good use. Absolutely, I, I genuinely believe, and I believe that we had that conversation back when I met you on the Rathaus on the main square in Dortmund, and I had the big yellow taxi um, that often the little people get so little of B4B nowadays in terms of tickets and tricots and autographs and so on. And so, yeah, it's wonderful that you uh, you put a, a small feature. Let's talk about Oli Zero, because you were mayor in Dortmund for more than just about 11 years. Um, and um, what an incredible thing. But as I said before, you actually didn't come from Dortmund. Like me, you came to Dortmund when you were... Um, I think a teenager, if I'm not mistaken, and ended up somehow staying. And I have to say, I left when I was 20 years old. But as you know, a part of me, my heart, will always be in Dortmund and will always be there for the Dortmund people and for the Borussia Dortmund, which is something, once you meet it once, you'll never forget it. So let's talk about your life and let's talk about um, your love for B4B. And please, Share generously with us about your experiences with Borussia Dortmund and all the amazing people that you met, like Jurgen Klopp and Mario Götze and uh, many, many great parades and stories. So 
talk about first, if you if you'd like to, about your personal background. So, how did you come to be in Dortmund, and um, how did you come to be a politician mainly? Um, that's the most first question. Well, I was born in Eastern Germany, uh, 1956. So I always say. It just I was when I was born. It was the first championship of Borussia Dortmund. I was born in March, and only around a hundred days later on, Borussia Dortmund uh, was able to get the first championship in two, 1956. Uh, and then again in 1957, and they started kind of rhythm. It's always two championships. Then it's one. It's two again. It's one, it's two again. And uh, so it's quite a rhythm we had. So the last one was double in 2011, 2012. So we are waiting for the next one. It will be only a single one, but afterwards we will have a double uh, championship again. Well, we've won eight so far, and I'm looking eight forward to the so three stars we will have. And... Um, well, it doesn't look good for this season, but perhaps we achieve it next season. So, Uli, you came to Dortmund um, to do your studies. Was it in the TU? Technische? Yeah, it was at the Technical University. I wanted to study planning. What year was that, sir? That was 1976. So, actually, I was a fan of Borussia Dortmund from the European final 1966, when they became the first European champion. And I was 10 years old at that time, and my father allowed me to watch that fight in the television. And Ziggy Held and Stanley Buda, they did the two goals for Dortmund. And one that... Liverpool in Glasgow, indeed. It was in Glasgow, and uh, we, we, we won against Liverpool. And I've, I've uh, realized it was a very good a guest show when one of the heroes um, died a couple of years ago. Liverpool sent flowers to his... Uh, Hans Tilkowski, perhaps, the goalkeeper? Hmm? Hans Tilkowski, you're referring to the goalkeeper? It was not Hans Tilkowski, it was Hoppy Kurat. Hoppy Kurat, of course, I played myself in a football match against his son, against Kurat, in Sheffield in 2018. Yeah, yeah. but when, when Hans died, which is not uh, too long ago, about one year and a few months ago. They sent flowers to, to his uh, ceremony as well. So I think since then there's a, a strong relationship. And the Jurgen Klopp, he sent flowers on, as a manager, being uh, the manager of FC Liverpool, he is sending flowers when the Dortmund heroes die. So I think there's a very strong relationship. Uh, from that time. So, when I came to Dortmund in Beautiful. 1976, they just came back to the first uh, Bundesliga and the first match I was uh, visiting was a few years later. It was versus um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Wow. And it was a draw. A great but team in the 70s in Germany. A strong team. And Lothar Matthäus was a young player at that time, um, and um, what a player! One by one was a strong result for Borussia Dortmund, and then, well, we had a lot of 
strange situations, but I want uh, one of the most significant was the yes. uh, relegation match uh, versus Fortuna Köln. Oh my goodness, hang on, that's 1985. Uli, I'm not going to let you run away and start talking about 1985. We're still in 1976. 20th of May, 1986. I was on the afternoon. 19th of May, 1986. Yep. Corona Vecca hit the 3-1 in the 93rd, 94th minute. Jürgen Wegmann. Corona And the whole stadium exploded. And we had a shower of beer because all the beer cups went up and strange people were embracing each other. And I was, um, when I got more and more acquainted to Aki Watzke, and he said, oh, I was on the oh. South Tribune as well. And I said, okay, then you must have been the guy I was embracing. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. We burst. Reinhard Rauwein always says it was a rebirth of Borussia Dortmund and then we had the next cup but that was in 1989 with Nova Dickel with his goals and from then onwards it was improving, it was getting better and better. I'm 100% with you there and Nobby Dickel is of course the stadium uh, announcer at Dortmund and uh, yeah presenter of so much of the media that they do and I've been blessed to have the chance to meet him a few times. The last time was in um, uh, one of these uh, Ruhnachich 1909 talks, I guess you know, in Schwerte, in a a restaurant, very nice country house restaurant and um, I also met Nobby Dickel with Mr. Carsten Kramer. Yeah, a good guy, a good guy. Uh, a couple of years ago in the Jahres Hauptversammlung, but I would just um, I would just like to take you back to 76, and of course, briefly, I mean, you've touched on two of the most magnificent moments. I mean, uh, I love the 80s and 90s before me the most, and that's really, uh, I've had this chance on this podcast to interview many of the players from the 80s and 90s, including Marcel Raducanu, and he, of course, scored the 2-1 in that game, um, in the uh, relegationsspiel against Fortuna Köln. Um, and, um, and also, as you say, Jürgen Kobra-Wegmann. Um, and it was a gross erlösung. So it was a huge sort of feeling of relief when we managed to go to Düsseldorf and win 8-0 in the third relegations match. And I hope that listeners will forgive me for mixing up 85 and 86. Um, but uh, anyway... Um, and then 1989 in Berlin, yes, the DFB Pokal, the 4-1 win against Werder Bremen. And my friend, my good friend, and a man I respect enormously, because I've known him since I was 15 years old, is uh, Michael Lusch, who scored the 4-1. Luschi, who has the soccer yeah. city in Dortmund. He's also an, an honorary member of our fan club. And um, by the way, before I get into this, would it be okay to also include you as an honorary member of the London fan club? It would be an honor, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'd be deeply honored. When you had marvelous um, um, presentation of the London Cup, uh, London Cup. Oh, yes. Places in Dortmund. Uh, I, 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 it was remembered to my time in London because I worked there in 1979 with the Greater London Council. Oh, you worked with the GLC in that beautiful building across from the Parliament? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 
now it's uh, very close. The, the London Eye is more famous than the building. Yeah, it's a hotel now, Uli. It's the, it's yeah, the Marriott it, Hotel. When we, when we were to London and when this, in, in 2013, uh, when the Wembley match took place, I showed my family, my wife and my children, where I used to work in 1979. And they were really uh, astonished because they said, well, you had a nice place, you could see the Thames River, you were close to Houses of Parliament. It was a great time that time, yeah. Amazing. I would love to see a photo. Are there any photos from then, working in London? Uh, hardly any. I think the friends I made in that time, they have a lot of pictures taken, a lot of pictures. There's still uh, one friend I'm in contact with, and he is the one I, I'd like to to visit. Now, having the Brexit, the people at least have stayed together, so we are paying visits to each other, and um, uh, while we're strengthening our friendships. So, I think um, that would be a good idea to to meet you in London then, yeah? Yes, Oli, you're, you're welcome to the Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London, which has existed since 2013 as the official fan club in the biggest city in Europe. And uh, we have our Stammtisch in Cleveland Street, where we have Dortmunder Union Beer. And I know you don't miss any B4B matches at all. So, of course, if you're in London, the best place for you to watch the B4B match on the Saturday will, of course, be the Stammtisch London uh, of B4B Fan Club. Uh, so, you're welcome. We would be honoured to have you as a member. And I'm, again, very grateful for the warm reception you gave uh, me and Marshall and um the other guys, when we came with the yellow taxi driving all the way from London in 2016, November, um, to watch the Revier Derby, which Dortmund thankfully won at the time. So, yeah, great, great. So so just going back a little bit, I know that you're an Anglophile and um, I know that you also studied in Oxford, where I lived for many, many years. Um, coming back to your origins, so you moved to Germany in the, in the Dortmund in 1976. Um, from Wolfsburg, I believe, which also has a famous football club, the VfL of Wolfsburg. Um, I, I suspect there's no comparison whatsoever in your mind, but how come you never really became a fan of VfL, um, just out of interest? Well, I visited a lot of matches together with my father at that time, but as I mentioned already, I became a fan of Borussia Dortmund in 1966. So whenever I went to uh, El Wolfsburg, um, I was supporting them as well, but um, I was a fan of Borussia Dortmund, so uh, they didn't have a chance in a way. And when we had matches between Wolfsburg and Dortmund, one of my old friends from Wolfsburg, he's always paying as a visit here in Dortmund, and other way around, I go there, and we are supporting our teams. Yes. He supports Wolfsburg, I support Dortmund. And uh, right now, Wolfsburg is on the third place. We are only in the sixth place, so they are doing quite well. Uh, but I hope in the end it will be the other way around, that we at least are on the third place, and they will be perhaps on the fourth or fifth, sixth place to play in the EuroLeague. We, we but, certainly uh, will be in the Champions League, I'm quite certain of that, and we deserve to be. Yeah, I think we are. I mean, well... Uh, the younger players, they lack a lot of experience, but on the other hand, they have a lot of talent. And I know, I, I think our new manager, 
intelligence. He will give them the experience and they will learn from him a lot. So I think in the end, we will have a good mixture of old experienced players like Marco Reus and um, Max Hummels on one hand side, Andrew Chan, and on the other hand we have these talents like Sancho, Bellingham, Haaland, Rainer, and so on. So I think it will be a good mixture that will be successful in the end. Hopefully. I'm glad to hear your supposition. They should win the cup final, which is on the 13th of, of May this year. It's a ascension. So I think it's the ascension for them that they go up to the, to the sky, but it will not uh, be blue. It will be a black and yellow. About the Dreifaltigkeitskirche, is it going to be sustained or will it be developed to a cultural center or what do you believe will happen in the future? Well, there were many ideas and many plans. I just talked to Carsten a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a different topic actually, but um, there was no reason mentioning it. I think um, despite the fact that the churches in that part of the town a lack of support by people attending uh, the Sundays. Um, yeah, it's a very ethnic area now, isn't it? Yes, right, yeah. population and so on. That, that church, it, it will be uh, maintained in any case. Mm -hmm. It will be supported by Borussia Dortmund as well. So I think it's one of the uh, most uh, interesting places of the city, uh, of the municipality. I agree with you. I think tourists and, should visit it. I, I think it's a historic place. And the Borussia Dortmund, I mean, the, the, uh, the team as well, but uh, the whole institution is one of the main ambassadors of Dortmund worldwide. If you go to Asia, if you go to Africa, if you go to Southern America, if you go to any place in Europe, or if you go even to Australia, or if you go to Northern America, Canada, if you say, oh, I'm, I'm from Dortmund, the answer is, oh, Borussia Dortmund. Correct. So in, a, in a way, Borussia is a Christian name of Dortmund. Yes. And um, I think everybody is um, aware of that. And uh, so if, if that place where it all started, the birthplace of Borussia Dortmund is endangered. I think there will be a big community of people uh, who will uh, save that place and give shelter for a more and more enthusiastic uh, presentations and parties and so on. So I think that's really a place uh, where Borussia started and it will be long eternally actually. Yes, absolutely. And um, I, I have to say, Oli, because I'm talking to the only recently departed top man of Dortmund, the the mayor of Dortmund for for 10 years, was it? Am I right? Or 10 or 11 years, I think, you were mayor of Dortmund. Yeah. 2009 to 2020. And Dortmund is not a minor city with more than 600,000 inhabitants. And indeed, when I lived there, last in 1990s, it was only 500,000. So a lot of success has been achieved to reinvigorate the city 
after many years of decline of the steel industry and the coal mining and so on, which is some years back now. But I mean, under the time that you were mayor, uh, a lot of things were achieved. For example, the um, modernization of the city, if I'm not mistaken, the attraction of the DFB uh, Football Museum to, to Dortmund, um, but also the development of the amazing Phoenix Sea uh, area, uh, which has really created a beautiful waterfront neighborhood and a lake uh, where I believe many of the football players of BBB are living. Is that right? Some of them at least, yeah. Yeah. The Turkey is, yeah, is living there. So some are living there. Yeah. Roman Eidenfeller has his house there, the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, yes, I mean, these, these years, uh, before I became mayor, I was more than 10 years a uh, councillor for planning housing and the environment. Mm -hmm. So I was responsible for a lot of these developments. Mm -hmm. And our idea was to uh, keep uh, Dortmund strong, mm -hmm. but have a process of a transformation. Mm -hmm. It has been always a place of technology. If, yeah. you, uh, if you do coal mining, if you cook steel, if you brew beer, uh, you need a lot of techniques, technology, and so Dortmund is an old technology place, actually from the medievals. Um, and um, it is a, it's an old a trading place, it's a crossroads of pilgrims and trader, trading routes, and when people came from Norway to Italy to Sicily, they went through Dortmund, and when they came from Russia to Santiago de Compostela in Spain, they went through Dortmund. So we are a place with a long tradition, and we have underwent a lot of transformation. It's a Hansastadt, isn't it? One of the Hanseatic leave cities. Dortmund is a Hansastadt, isn't it? Yeah, right, yeah. But it, but they never became Hansastadt like Bremen or Hamburg. No, not as big, but while we still have these ideas of trade, and then we we have undergone a very deep growth because of industrialization. Yeah. After 1815, Vienna Congress, Europe was reorganized, and we had a lot of we had a good framework. Uh, and then it was a lot of investment coming from Great Britain. A lot of uh, English entrepreneurs were coming to Dortmund, and they started all the pits. And they started uh, well, a lot of coal mining industry, and then we started with a uh, with a, uh, a steel cooking, and of course you need a lot of beer. So we was one of the beer brewing capital. Thirty. Thirty breweries. I remember in my childhood in Dortmund in the nineteen nineties. Thirty breweries, like Stiftspils, which used to be on the tickets of BVB. <laughs> Dortmunder Union Beer, Dab Dortmunder Aktion Brauerei, Hansa Beer, which is actually the cheapest. And uh, I quite like Hansa Beer personally. I can drink it. Can you can you drink it? Or what's your favorite beer? I drink Brinkhoff. And of course. I drink Bergmann Beer, which is an old. Yes. Up, but it's new invented now and reinvented. Yes. And they're really good. We asked Bergmann to, who have a little Bude, a little shop, uh, a little small bar. Uh, I can't remember what street it's on in Dortmund. Perhaps you'll remind me. It's uh, in the inner city. They, they, they have one. 
Yeah, it's a very popular... Broad region. They have a new brewery on Phoenix West now. I asked them if they could supply our Stammtisch in London with beer. But yeah. unfortunately, Mr. Marquardt, who I'm sure you know from the Brinkhoff's Brauerei, has been a friend of the fan club for many years. We meet him in the Zutribune Meisterschaft, and he organized for us to have Dortmund Union beer and Union Fier. So whenever you're in London, you have a proper German Dortmunder beer. And uh, we have a good Italian chef in the bar where we meet, so you get good food. And before being on the TV, what more can you ask for? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like paradise. <laughs> now time for a short announcement. If you love Borussia Dortmund and you're based in the London area, why not come down to the Stammtisch and meet us and have a few Dortmunder Union beers and watch um, the BVB together? You can find details of the bar, which is in Cleveland Street off Oxford Street, London, on our Facebook page, which is Borussia Dortmund Fan Club London, or for any other information on the fan club, why not go to borussiadortmundlondon.co.uk. And now, for the rest of the show. I think so too, especially when we get some nice prosciutto and mozzarella. And Anyway, let's not talk about food, because we still have a few, uh, maybe 20 minutes more to talk about your life. So... Um, Dortmund, of course, as you said, has modernized a lot and has moved on. It now has very huge companies like the German headquarters of American communications company Verizon, also Signal Iduna, the famous sponsor of the stadium, although I know many B4B fans would prefer it to be called the Stadion. Who knows? Maybe a compromise can be found in the future. But also big companies like Adesso, which is one of the biggest IT suppliers in, the, in Germany and, of course, sponsor of the BVB youth teams. Um, and then, of course, the DFB Museum. And uh, I understand that more than 1.7 million overnight visitors stay in Dortmund each year. And indeed, we were incredibly um, proud to have Dortmund, uh, um, the, 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 the city crest of Dortmund on the side of our taxi with the, um, with the logo Amazing Dortmund, which you personally allowed us to have in 2016. And we also had Dortmund Tourismus uh, on the on the side of the taxi. And um, indeed, of those 1.7 million overnight visitors, quite a lot are coming from the UK. Um, Carsten Kama said to the BBC three years ago that it's about 1,000 English visitors per home match. So it makes Dortmund by far the most popular German football club outside of Germany. And we in England like to think that B4B, because of the bulldog spirit, is genuinely every Englishman's favourite German football team. So, yeah. Well, I but, talked um, to a lot of those guys coming from England to Dortmund, and they're always telling us that this is the old spirit they are used to when they've been to the stadiums in, in various times in in England, but that this old spirit, the emotion that that would have gone lost and that they reinvented that in Dortmund through the Südtribüne and South Tribune, but the old atmosphere, I mean, it's a stadium with 81 and a few more visitors each match when it's... 81,000, yeah, average game, biggest in the world. 81,000 and a few uh, visitors it's uh, the biggest one we have in Germany. And if you see how many people attend a match, it's Europe-wide. The 
stadium with the most visitors, with the most fans attending, even if stadiums in Spain are larger than uh, the stadium in Dortmund, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like who go there because they had an economic crisis. In Spain, for example, fans could not afford to pay uh, the ticket, so they did not go to the stadiums. That's different in, in Dortmund. So it's in a way it's a, a unique sales argument to come to Dortmund because this is a place to be and it's a, an installation, it's a performance you will never find again uh, if you go to a stadium in, in, in Europe or if you go to a stadium in uh, in South America. Yeah, I'm with you there. About stadiums in America, in Northern America, or in Asia. So I think the spirit. I mean, when 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 people are talking about um, the football, soccer is at home. Of course, we know we are aware. Home football. Home is in England, and football is always coming home. Uh, if it's coming to England, but uh, when we have matches in Dortmund, for example, if the national team is having its matches, we always say football is coming home, but then it's coming home to Dortmund, which was one of the arguments that we are having the German football museum now in Dortmund. Because we said football, soccer, is a kind of religion in this place. And you will not find a place in Germany, and I think hardly any place in Europe, where so many people are affected by football. If there is a match like today in Freiburg, we are always talking about what are the chances. We had this cup match versus um, Parabon on Tuesday evening. We were quite lucky that we won that one. We were quite lucky. Lucky, yeah, okay. So, uh, I think this is what people are talking about. This is one of the strong aspects, and it's a very dynamic aspect. As well. And this Focusing helps us to transform the economic situation of the city. Because when we became masters in 2000, champions. Champions, in yes. 2011 and 2012. Yes. When we had a um, celebration of the championship 2011. Yes. In the town hall, yes. they were predicting that we are going to win championship in the next season again. Right? Yes. I say, what are you talking about? I said, remember 1956-57 to uh, then 1963-1945-44-1994-1995 That was my favorite. Five, six. So it was two championships again. Then we had the single one 2002 that's so right. Come for the next yeah. championship, and in 2012, we do not even only won the championship. We became 
cup finalists. Double. Won the cup final. And we had the double. No. And it was 5 2 in Berlin. 5 2. 5 2. 5 2. It was the 12. I never forget this, Oli. I never forget this. 5 2 against Bayern Munich. Unbelievable. Sitting next to Alex Ferguson from Manchester United. He was just sitting next to us. But this is 2012 in Berlin. You were sitting next to Alex Ferguson? Yeah, right. He has, he has a biography, and he mentioned in his biography that I was sitting next to him and I was wearing sneakers. And he couldn't believe that the mayor of Dortmund was wearing sneakers. But anyway, he was there to scout. Oh, that's great. Gigi Kagawa and Robert Lewandowski. He took Gingy Kagawa. And, uh, well, he, he didn't, he didn't get Lewandowski, but at that time, the newspapers, journalists, were full with Dortmund success story. And then they asked, what are the other successes you can provide us with? And then we said, okay, we are building up, we have a very good startup scene, we have a lot of technology orientated big companies. That's right. So, for example, it's one of the biggest Pump players worldwide. Velo, yes, one of the sponsors of BBB. One of the sponsors of Borussia Dortmund as well. They just had a big celebration to reopen uh, the new digital campus. Um, and um, the chancellor was there, prime minister was there. And they're really... The prime minister, Angela Merkel? Angela Merkel, she was giving a presentation. Isn't that amazing? A video as well. Uh, and... Um, so, we have a lot of these success stories in Dortmund. That's but right. But as I said before, Borussia Dortmund is a kind of ambassador of Dortmund. So, uh, Borussia is successful when people pay more attention to all the other successes we have promoted over the last years here. That's so right. Whenever we have friends here from the United States, for example, we have, um, we have uh, uh, Twin City Buffalo. And the Buffalonians, they are really mad about soccer and football as well. We're talking about Buffalo, Oli, then I have to show you my special hat, of course. Uh, oh. Can you read that? Yeah. That's the same basketball team of Buffalo, yeah. New York State. And I know that you've traveled a lot and you've lived even in England, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But so when, when, when they were paying us a visit, Christian Pulisic, who is now playing for Chelsea, it was the last match he had in Dortmund. And I organized for these guys from Buffalo to meet Christian Pulisic because he is Captain America. And they were so grateful. So they said, whenever you come back to Buffalo, I've been there, Niagara Falls, very fantastic, uh, season and situation there. Absolutely. We will, we will never forget that we met Christian Pulisic, Captain America in Dortmund. Absolutely. With Thomas Tuchel. Yeah, right. Now he's with Thomas Tuchel and I know he, he, he trained him here and he made him one of the best players. I met the father of, uh, Christian Pulisic in Pittsburgh in the United States. Hershey. And, um, he was not very happy that Thomas Tuchel had left and he said Thomas Tuchel is the only manager, the only trainer that knows the potential of my son. 
And you know what? That's exactly what Christian Pulisic said when Thomas Tuchel signed, because I did a podcast with the official Chelsea FC uh, podcast last week. And I talked about the qualities and also the difficulties of working with Thomas Tuchel. And I feel it's the saddest thing, the way it didn't work out at Dortmund, because uh, Thomas Tuchel is surely one of the most talented German football managers in the world. I mean, look what he achieved in PSG. He won absolutely everything. Albeit, let's be honest, we would never love to see Dortmund being the kind of football club like Manchester City or Paris Saint-Germain, which has unlimited money and is owned by some billionaires and so on. What makes Dortmund football so special is it's a, a football club for the people and it's a football club by the people and it's a, a real authentic football city and not a, not a city of billionaires and, uh, and, uh, and uh, huge um, um, money, but it's a club which is fighting through the academy, through the youth and giving young Dortmund and the, the players of the region a chance. All the young guys have come through like Nuri Shahin and um, Lars Ricken, who now, of course, is head of the academy, but also um, young players, as you say, like Christian Pulisic. And it's such an attraction for the young people to be part of this miracle that is before me, really. Um, that's why the young guys like Jude Bellingham and Jaden Sancho from England are coming to Dortmund. What does, um, what does the connection uh, between Dortmund and England mean, do you think, for the city? And, and how important are tourists to, to Dortmund? How important are the football tourists to Dortmund's economy and hotels and uh, restaurants and bars and so on. Um, I'm glad to say that our visitors now are better behaved than the squaddies, the soldiers who used to fight so much in the bars in Dortmund. Uh, I remember the Orpheum was a, a nightclub in Dortmund when I was a teenager where there was always fighting between the English soldiers and the local German lads about the beautiful German girls. But, uh, yeah, what, what is the importance, do you think, of tourism for, for the city of Dortmund um, and uh, tourism from England also? I think, uh, well, the tourism is growing generally, but tourism from England is growing as well. And, and of course, football is uh, having a big role in that. I mean, when, when, when Dortmund became more and more successful, especially uh, in the era of your club, we had a lot of people coming from England. They they were paying uh, less money for the tickets, but they, because of that, they could afford the flight from usually Luton Airport to the Airport. Price of England. And so they they spent a weekend here with a lot of drinking and a lot of uh, fun. Yeah. Match in the stadium. And when they went home on Sunday evenings, they always said, it was a great time, we're coming back. And they told to their friends next day at work, they were talking about what they had experienced in Dortmund. And uh, by this, uh, they multiplied the fans from England, actually. That's right. And, and um, I mentioned the London Fan Club. Yeah, of course. I, the London Fan Club is one of those guys who are the most prominent stakeholders. And we have uh, a twin city in, in England as well, it's Leeds. Leeds, Leeds. Leeds United now is, uh, I think, doing well because they are That's in Square. And um, so we had a lot of conversation on that. And we're always saying, okay, we're meeting 
in the Champions League when Reese is doing better and we're doing as well as fine, then we hope <laughs> so we will meet in the Champions League. And of course, it would be a new motor for new tourism. Of course, if people come to, to, to the region, they do not come only to Dortmund, they come to the rural region because they want to see old industrialized areas, but they want to see how we underwent this transformation process. For example, well, certainly we have people in the town who are bigger friends than, of him than me. Uh, but I, I really remember a lot of situations with him. And for example, we had an interview situation with the moderator, him and me. And the moderator said, okay, it was actually because of a Great it, uh, it, it was in the Signali Duna Park in the Westfalen Stadium. Yep. There was hundreds of people around. Actually, it was about retail and uh, so on. But it was about urban development as well. And so the moderator, who's very famous, Michael Steinbrecher, he moderated uh, sports studio in, uh, in in the second TV station in Germany. He was a moderator and he, he asked Jürgen Club questions and he asked me questions. And so in the beginning it was okay because Jürgen Club only answered the questions he was asked and I had the chance to answer my questions. But after a while Jürgen started to answer the questions I had, oh. I had asked. And he <laughs> said, okay. And so I, I said, okay. I agreed to his answer on my question. And so it was good fun. And on the ceremony, when we won the cup, and when it was a double in 2012. In the 2012 double of cup and champ. We had a, a reception on Dortmund Airport. Because on that time, on that day, yep. 13th of May, we had a, a, a election. Uh, 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 only in North Rhine Westphalia. Right. I want to have an interaction between people who want to go to, to vote and to the fans who are applauding Borussia Dortmund. So we had to have the reception on the airport in one of the hangars. Hangars. And, yeah. uh, so they signed the Golden Book and there's one picture when I congratulate Jürgen Klopp and all the other players. But this, of course, is one of my most loved pictures. And then I had to organize the security, and I was at Borsigplatz. And Jürgen was on this car, which was 2012. And yeah, the uh, open-top bus parade, 2012. And he was handing over the beer to me. So it, he is a very professional person, but he... Yep. It's a very, very a nice person. I mean, he's still very authentic, and he lives... Down to earth. I said, if one of our old players died, he still sends flowers. And I think you will hardly find another manager who is a manager with his heart and with his brain and with his own soul. He's a fair person as well. And he lives football in a way as we have loved, learned to love it. So That's I right. think he really is a person 
we are very, very happy that we had him here. Yes. And that we could have experienced the word and his presence with him. So Yes, yeah. And now we envy Liverpool of course. But still he is here. I mean when um Aki Watzke got his new book, it was presented in English. Yeah, and uh, then one of his cars he has been driving with has been paying a visit to Dortmund with one of the fan clubs with a lot of supporters. They were on their way to to Liverpool, to, to England as well. Yeah, of course, Anfield, yeah. We went with the fan club in 2016 for yeah. the quarter-final. Yeah. So, there's a lot of relations. And, well, Aki Watzke and, and uh, Reinhard Rauber, they are really the savers of, of the, of the uh, whole institution. I agree with you. If, if we would be in England, in case, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure Reinhard Rauber would be uh, nominated Sir Reinhard Rauber. Der wahre Grund, dass man diese Stadt so liebt.